0: It's all about Stephen Furtick. We're going to get into it this week on Dropping Sunday. Hey, hey, welcome to Dropping Sunday. I'm one of your hosts, Seth.
1: And I am your other host, Andrea. Um, In case you're new around here, Dropping Sunday is a semi-reverent look at Christian pop culture just a couple of notes. We are not here to get you saved, and we're also not here to tick you off. Although, if either of those things happen, please let us know.
0: Yes, this is a podcast by Christians for Christians, but you definitely don't need to believe, to belong. You can join the conversation at Dropping Sunday on all the things. Andrea, how's your heart? My heart's great.
1: Yeah? Can I tell you something? Yes, please. I I had my wisdom teeth removed. Um, Approximately two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it was probably the greatest recovery. Like I was I was prepared because of the way the doctor was talking. I was prepared to be like out of commission for a month, you know, like I was too old. To get my wisdom teeth out. But it, it was great. <clears throat> However, last weekend, I started having horrible pain on my left side, just my left side. And today is the first day that I've had almost no pain. Oh. And it's
0: just wonderful. <laughs> it's just wonderful. So, I mean, was it was it just like a dry socket or something? Just something weird? I mean, any clue what it was?
1: Well, I, I went to the doctor for a follow-up, and he said everything looks great. There's no sign of infection. There's no exposed bone. You're keeping everything clean. It looks fantastic. And I'm like, okay, but it still hurts. So... What can we do?
0: He's like, well, that's because you're old.
1: Exactly. Like he didn't say it, but also he was like, um, so he did use, I, I do have to tell this funny story. He used what's called a dry socket gauze, even though I didn't have dry socket, but it's gauze that's been soaked in clove oil mm. and you put it down inside uh, the hole where the tooth was yeah. because it numbs everything. That was fantastic. I got that on Tuesday. And all day Tuesday, I'm like, this is the best thing ever.
0: You start calling all your young so, living friends. you <laughs> got clove oil. <laughs> I have
1: clove oil. Oh, there you go. I you have some. On. So last night, I'm like, I don't want to get another one of those because then I'd have to go back and have him take it out. So I'm like, I've got clove oil at home. I'll just do it myself. Not the same. Not the same. So I used I used a q tip to try to put some clove oil back there. And at first, like, I didn't notice anything. And then about ten seconds later, the whole left side of my face, my lips and my cheek and my gums were all completely numb.
0: Ooh.
1: And my and my lips felt like they were about four sizes bigger than they typically are, which I have fat lips anyway. And so I was like, what is happening to my face right now? Anyway, it was it was pretty Hilarious right, for so me anyway.
0: Pro tip for all you oily people out there. If you if you want to party with some mouth numbness, <laughs> clove oil. That's the way to go.
1: Clove oil. That's of course, cool. then I Googled it and they're like, number one, don't apply this directly to your gums. I'm like, oh well. Oh well. Oops, too, too late. late. Yeah. <laughs> number are- two, always dilute it. And I'm like, oh, oops. Oh well. <laughs> so anyway. I am I am not a member of the medical community. So <laughs> don't listen to me. Um anyway, speaking of members of the medical community, how's your heart?
0: Um it's it's good. Um I am I had an emotional moment this week. Okay. Tell me something new. Uh, you know what? Hey, listen. I <laughs> just kidding. You know, I mean, it's a completely fair statement. Like I can't even be mad at you for it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, No,
1: yeah. you really can't. <laughs>
0: Um, I don't, but, uh, this, this week's specific emotional moment was brought to you by the letter V for vaccination. I got my second vaccination shot and, uh, after they give you the shot, they make you kind of sit down and wait for 15 minutes to make sure you don't keel over, you know, make sure you don't have no an <laughs> allergic right? reaction. And so I, um, I'm sitting there and I just had this, uh, I just, I, I had this realization that like i got both shots like Mm -hmm. in two weeks whenever like this is like fully kicks in i can like start going back to normal i can go back to church if andrea wants to We can record in the same room, like things like that, that were like, she's like, yes, please. (laughs) I'm like, this, this will be, uh, this will be fantastic. And so I just kind of got emotional, uh, emotional sitting there. Um, That was on, on Wednesday on on Thursday, everything, everything hurt Uh, just (laughs) here. Here's the thing after the first (laughs) shot, I felt, I felt my, my, my arm get a little sore. And then, you know, I kind of wasn't feeling good for a couple of days, Saturday kind of felt kind of yuck. Um, it, which was a couple of days after this one was like, I got the shot on Wednesday and on Thursday I, I had to stay in bed. It's weird when a grown hmm. man says, "Will someone please bring me some soup and let me watch Buffy the vampire slayer all day and take naps. <laughs> um, it's a show from my for my childhood. It, it brought me back to a safe place. It, it wasn't
1: weird and then it got weird.
0: So, <laughs> um I don't know that it is. Listen, I will I will argue that it's still a great show. It still holds up. And uh if you uh if you want a little uh a time capsule of what clothing was like in 1998, it's a great show to watch. Um that's my that's my favorite thing. A lot of pleather. Iridescent pleather was it was was in abundance. Mm-hmm. Um I, lo- I
1: particularly love the hairstyles with like the multiple ponytails and the plastic clips and yes. yeah. Those and things. Those also, were
0: fun. Also the long jackets that we all know that you had. So that was uh. It did. Yeah, it's fair. So <laughs> it um so that that lasted for about twenty four hours and then I woke up uh Friday morning, I felt fine. I felt fine. I, I had a little bit of a headache, a little bit of, so a, little bit of a hangover from it. Um, not that I've ever been hungover in my life. So I, really, that's a bad thing to say. But uh, one of the things that cheered me up was, um, was a video that I found that uh, we played We played one video by this guy where it was uh, Kenneth Copeland set to metal music. And uh, yes. this one is uh, Mark Driscoll uh, going heavy metal. Can I play it for you? Sure. Okay. So here is, uh, here's the original kind of rant by, uh, by Mark okay. Driscoll. So this was during a sermon. Now I don't even know how, I don't know how many years ago this was. I mean, this one was loaded in 2009. So it was at least 12 years ago, right That that we're looking <laughs> at this, that, that this happened. Uh-huh. This is back, um, is back in the, the angry Mark Driscoll phrase, phase, okay? And he's gotcha. uh, he's yeah. getting on to the men at his church, okay? He whispered in her ear, I'm sorry, I'll do better, trust me. Let's just move on real quickly. How dare you? Who in the hell do you think you are? Abusing a woman, neglecting a woman, being a coward, a fool. Being like your father, Adam, who do you think you are? You are not God. You are just a man. You're not an impressive man. You're not a responsible man. You're not a noble man. You're not a respectable man. And, in, and he just responsible man keeps going and going, going how and going and going. And so this is the video that made me that made me happy. Uh, By the way, this is definitely in the time of my life that he was like I was listening to Mark Driscoll a lot and he was screaming at me. But what made me happy was this cover done by the same guy who did uh, the the metal Kenneth Copeland that we did a couple weeks ago. And so, uh, so here you go, enjoy this. We've already whispered in her ear. I'm sorry. I'll do better. Trust me. Let's just move on real quickly. How dare you Okay. There you have it. Okay. So, uh, so it's brilliant. I mean, I, I just, uh, I really, really. Brilliant. Am, okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm just so impressed with anybody <laughs> who takes music on that level and just like, like turns it to a level. Oh man. A hundred percent of the time. That's so, hilarious. Uh, so that made me feel better when I was sick in bed was, uh, was hearing uh metal Mark Driscoll, which, which I kind of feel like he's always been a little metal to begin with. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, deep down, deep down inside, I think that he was. Yeah. Um. Well. Well, I read a. I read an interesting thing from a preacher this week as well. Okay. Um. This. This is a, a preacher out of Colorado. Uh, he. He has a show on Trinity Broadcasting Network or TBN.
0: What's that? <laughs> T- <laughs> I'm just TBN. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Go ahead. Go um, ahead.
1: Um. Well. Apparently, he has some interesting ideas about how to keep a tidy house. Okay, okay. are you I, are you are you ready for this? I don't want this. <laughs> Have you heard about this? No. Have you heard about this? First, not of at all? all. No. Okay. Well, apparently, this guy recently shared a story on his uh, Bible study, his live bi- daily live Bible study. I'm not using his name on purpose, by the way. Okay. Um. Uh, but he shared a. S- about how he and his wife moved into a small house that developed a bit of a of a mildew problem which you know hey that happens we've all dealt with it at some point so this is <laughs> this is what he tells his viewers okay. that this is a quote instead of taking something and cleaning it off and repainting or something I took Deuteronomy 28 and I read it. Mildew, you are a curse. Then I turned over to Galatians 3.13 and said, I am redeemed from you. And I spoke to Mildew and cursed it. And did you know it went away without me having to clean it and do something?
0: What? Wait, what? Wait, hold on. (laughs) Wait. Yeah, no, you heard
1: me right. (laughs) So. You heard me right.
0: So what I'm hearing you say is that um, uh-huh. the 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 prosperity gospel, the name it and claim it <laughs> doctrine, the blab it and grab it, has now moved into the house cleaning arena.
1: A- apparently, it has.
0: Okay, that's fantastic. Um, because I got some stuff that I need taken care of downstairs, so <laughs> we're just gonna speak it into existence. I was like, I you guess.
1: know what, I. I don't. I don't. First of all, can we talk about how he is misusing scripture? I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think. I'm. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, listen. I didn't. I didn't go to seminary. I, I did go to Bible college, but I did. I did not go to seminary. But I'm pretty sure that the Galatians three thirteen that says i am i'm redeemed from you um that's probably not even exactly what it says but it's not talking about mildew yeah
0: so right. this okay so let me let, let's let, <laughs> this isn't a theology <laughs> podcast as much as i want it to be but today we're going to talk a little bit of theology no, because i not. feel like we have to now um so here here's the thing i opened the door i'm sorry guys right so there are parts of scripture that we can uh, be ministered to out of context in the moment. The, uh, does that make sense? Right? Like, um, sure. Mm-hmm. They're hearing that Lazarus was raised from the dead. We we can be ministered to by that, but because when Jesus steps into a situation, he can take dead things and bring them back to life. But descriptive mm-hmm. scripture that ministers to us is not always prescriptive to what we're supposed to be doing. So. We don't really go into funerals acting like Jesus and telling people to come out of of the casket because just because it happened doesn't mean that it's a prescription for everybody. And when you're a pastor and you have a public platform, it's very important that you don't take small things that have ministered to you and make people think that it's a prescription for everything. I'm not even saying that this guy's lying. I'm not I, I'm not even willing to say that cuz cuz he he may have had mildew. He may have claimed the blood over the mildew and the mildew may have we gone away know. and it may not have even been supernatural, right? Like it could have just maybe happened. And he's kind of putting it all but he's giving Jesus credit. Okay, cool. But then man, don't put that on on a broadcast because then people are going to be starting like like I don't I don't have to get this black mold taken care of in my house. It can be gone in Jesus' name and then they're dead because they you know what I'm saying? Like there's I feel like there's a line here that may that we gotta be careful to cross. Man, I feel like we're setting up today a lot.
1: (laughs) I feel like we're setting up today. I know, I think so. I think so too. Well, you know, that's what we do here. We just Yes. You know what I think probably happened? I think his What's wife that? cleaned the mildew and just didn't tell him, and he thought that it just happened miraculously, but Listen, it didn't.
0: It- what I think that you just said <laughs> is that his wife never cleans the house, and so the fact that his wife did clean the house, he considers a miracle, <laughs> is what I just heard. <laughs> and I feel like that's <laughs> that an not insult what I to, said, this man, but that to this man's made- wife. That may
1: possibly <laughs> I, be the truth. I don't. We don't know. That's the whole point. Is we don't know. We don't know.
0: Well, um, today we're going to be talking about another minister that is also on TV. Yeah. That uh, is pretty mm-hmm. well known. He's very popular, and we kind of want to look beyond the cover because you can't judge a book by its cover, right? And so True. we're going to look True. at beyond the cover of uh the the founder. And, and and lead pastor at Elevation Church in North Carolina. That is Stephen Furtick. Um, so we're we're going to kind of dive into to his life, his career, kind of what's going on. But uh, I'm actually going to let Andrea, um, you know, kind of take the lead on this a little bit. Uh, I know that she's done some research. I I've uh, I'm. Have a cursory knowledge of Stephen Furtick, and so I'll I'll kind of chime in there uh, from time to time, but I'll, I'll kind of let her uh, take the take the reins here. So Andrea, tell us a little bit about uh, good old Pastor Furtick, Pastor Stephen, however he wants to be called.
1: <laughs> or well, I don't know that he really cares what how we call him. That's fair. Um, That's fair. <laughs> He's like, like dropping what personally. <laughs> He's like, huh? <laughs> Never heard of it. Um. And he'll never hear this episode. No, I'm relatively sure. But first of all, let me just say that uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick Jr. is about to celebrate a birthday. He is going to be 41 on February 19th. So there you have it. He it was born February 19th, 1980. Wow. He is an American pastor and songwriter. Founder and lead pastor, he has helped grow the multi-site Elevation Church into a global online ministry. So he actually holds a Master of Divinity, not Affinity, degree from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he's written six books, five books, a lot, several books. He's yeah. written more than than you and I have put yeah. together.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's <laughs> a fair, fair statement. So,
1: I mean, it's true. So, I found this interesting. He felt called to pastor after reading a book by Jim Simbola. Mm. Now, those of you who don't know recognize that name. Jim Simbola is the pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in New York. And he and his wife have have built that church and built Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir to incredible things. Uh, today and so when he was when Stephen Furtick was sixteen, he read the book "Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire," and he felt called to pastor a church in a major city, and that is kind of where he got his start in ministry. Um, he then became a music director at Christ Covenant Church in Shelby, North Carolina, and then he he moved to Charlotte and started Elevation. Uh, And they had their first service on February 5th of 2016. So they are also celebrating this month of 15 years.
0: Yeah, I think you said 2016, but it's 2006.
1: 2006. 2006. I'm sorry. Yeah. I meant to say 2006.
0: Yeah. And I think they started off with like rough night tonight, like literally like 14 (laughs) people. (laughs) Like, yeah, like nobody.
1: (laughs) Well, and if you've ever been a part of a church plant, that's
0: about what it is.
1: (laughs) That's about what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what you have to expect. I remember I was helping. I wasn't. I wasn't a member of this church, but I was helping with a church plant um, several years back, and I kind of got to see some, probably some things that a lot of people wouldn't see. But when you're when you're a pastor of a church plant, you are everything. You're pastor. Sometimes you're worship leader. You're usher. Greeter janitor like you do it all and that's probably where he found himself back in 2006 so yeah um just a couple of of notes uh like headlines in 2007 so just a year after they started the church he made headlines because the church gave forty thousand dollars to members in envelopes with different denominations it was five, twenty, and even a thousand dollars in envelopes, just random, and just told their members to spend it kindly on others.
0: That's amazing.
1: Isn't that incredible? Yeah. I've really been personally, um, the last couple of months, just because we live in such a dumpster fire of a world right now, yeah, where it feels like there's hate <laughs> on every channel and every social media page that you open just going out of your way to be kind you know someone paid for my coffee the other day at starbucks and they didn't have to do that i was on my way to work and i got up to the window to pay and the guy was like yeah the the person in front of you paid and i was like well is there anyone behind me and he's like nope and i'm like well i'll have to pay it forward okay. later so i'll just take it <laughs> I'll just take it. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So anyway, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty, pretty incredible.
0: That's fantastic. So, um, just, just kind of as an update, Elevation Church now is running about 27,000 people, uh, every week Mm -hmm. in all of its locations, which is a lot. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. Um, so I first kind of got to know, or first got to see who Stephen Furtick was during uh, a little thing called, um, called elephant room. Are you familiar with elephant room? Um,
1: I don't believe that I am actually.
0: Okay. So elephant room was this thing that James McDonald did back in 2011. Um, and, uh, this is back whenever James McDonald could actually do this. Um, and he, uh, he got a bunch of different people in a room together. They, they kind of headed off one on one, right? So there was uh, there was one where Matt Chandler went against Stephen Furtick, uh, One where mm. Mark Driscoll kind of talked to him for a little bit. There was one where Mark Driscoll and and TD Jakes kind of went against each other. I mean, like <laughs> um, all, all of these all of these other things. Uh, Matt Chandler would talk to Perry Noble. Who's another me- mega church pastor, um, kind of, I think in the South Carolina, uh, area. And their big thing with like Perry Noble was like, he started off, um, his Easter Sunday with uh highway to hell by ACDC. And, uh, and <laughs> they're like, that's completely inappropriate. I'm like, well, is it, you know, th- that, that kind of uh-huh. stuff. So it's just kind of like the, like, Two opposing viewpoints sitting around a table talking about things uh in a in a loving and godly way. Um David Platt, Greg Laurie, I mean, all of these people were kind of together uh and in um in in one room kind of talking about all this stuff. So um all of that was kind of where I came came to know him, that he's a musician, he was uh inventive, but he was out to actually reach people and reach the unchurched. But the argument was, uh, between Stephen Furtick and Matt Chandler, this was one that kind of set it off for me was build the attendance versus building the attendee. Right. And so mm-hmm. Stephen mm-hmm. Furtick was talking about building, you know, building the attendance and reaching as many people as you can. And Matt Chandler's talking about building the attendee and seeing what happens after that. And it's just different points of view. Right. Um, right. and so, uh, in this video it is very um i mean it's very 2011 like it's like there there's a lot of spiky hair and some some weird jewelry that that may be happening with a with a very young pastor because in 2011 i mean he's still in his you know still in his 20s like he's in his early 20s by the way the fact that he's like Mm -hmm. only 41 does it make you feel like maybe you haven't done enough with your life because it definitely does me uh seeing oh yes yeah all the things (laughs) When I,
1: when I saw his birthday, I was like, um, yeah, so he's only four years older, almost, almost to the day, four years older than I am. But yeah. you know what? I have a podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he has a global outreach, which is way, way bigger. So whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever. So, um, anyway, then, um, wh- as social media kind of became more prevalent, like I started seeing all these little snippets of, of him. And, uh, and honestly, uh, I really enjoy, I really enjoy his, uh, his preaching. I enjoy his, I enjoy his speaking. Um, yeah, I do too. One of the things that I heard him talk about was that he was at a, a C3 conference here in Dallas at, um, Ed Young's church, uh, fellowship. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he sat in the back before, Elevation was a thing before, you know, it had grown. He he said, but I saw what the local church could be, and right. um, and that I think I mean he's very influenced by the likes of Ed Young, Brian Houston, those types of people that have uh really just kind of um, poured themselves into him, and that he's kind of partnered up with in the long term to to say this is what the local church can be. They've given a ton of money. To non-church yeah. organizations to help the community, and I mean, I feel like you know they're trying to live out what what they're going to do. I should say, um, some people might be like, "Oh, Stephen Furtick, let's get ready, like let's see what what they're going to say to rip him apart." This isn't that episode. We're just kind of talking about the guy and like where he came yeah. from, and and some other things. Um, I also, you know, this about me. I, I'm a fan of the I'm a fan of the hip hop. Yes, uh, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I know this.
0: I'm a real big fan of like the early nineties diss tracks, right. Where someone would like, uh, would like do a diss track and then like, uh like diss another rapper and then that rapper would then go and like record something in and put that out. Now it happens mm-hmm. so fast. Like Machine Gun Kelly puts out like uh Rap Devil and uh Eminem like the next day puts out like his retort to to Machine Gun Kelly. And so like now it's just like it, it's super fast, right? Um uh-huh. uh so <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what Stephen Furtick did when um <laughs> Uh, John oh. MacArthur, who, you know, we, we all love John MacArthur <laughs> because John, we've, John we've MacArthur, talked about him before. Yeah. He's the one who told Beth Moore to, to go home. Um, right. But he called, uh, he called Furtick uh, unqualified. So uh, mm-hmm. Furtick wrote a book called Unqualified, <laughs> how God yes. uses broken people to do big things. I'm a big fan of anybody who's like, Hey, thanks for the title of my next book. That's, that's, I appreciate that's awesome. that. Yeah
1: i listen he so i i just i did a, a kind of a google search i i won't i won't say that i did a super deep dive into Stephen furtick controversies because like we said we're that we're not here to to bash anyone we're yeah. we're literally just talking we're just talking about him he's a very prominent christian figure and he's he's done some great things and is is doing great things and we just kind of wanted to to talk like you like we said you know beyond the cover like just what else is there and and he honestly hasn't had a ton of controversies that i could find um that one with john MacArthur (laughs) is listed and as seth said he answered in a kind of epic way and, and wrote a book <laughs> Just so awesome. unqualified how God uses broken people to do big things. And then he probably went and made a million dollars on
0: it. He, um, he, he, he makes money on his books. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's got five of them, by the way. I know I, I said six earlier, mm. but he's got five. And another controversy is there is another critic whose name is Grayson Gilbert. And honestly, I I don't really know who this Grayson Gilbert is, but he, is just not a fan. He thinks that uh, Furtick is unable to understand and explain the Bible's message properly and that he is taught heresy. I I read a little bit of, of what Mr. Gilbert wrote, and, you know, I think that there is, with pastors and preachers, now, we know the Bible says that preachers or pastors, I should say, um, are going to be held to a higher standard just in the fact that they are shepherding a flock. And so they are responsible for what they say and they're responsible for what they teach and what they preach, what they say from a pulpit and what they say in counseling and all of those things. Absolutely. It's, it's a heavy burden. It's a heavy weight that they have to carry. Um, I think that's why you find that a lot of people maybe don't choose to be pastors. They're called to be pastors.
0: Yeah.
1: Um But listen, you guys, you have to have you have to have grace for people, even pastors, because first of all, God does. But but people are gonna grow. And and messages that a pastor preached 10, 15 years ago at the beginning of their ministry may be somewhat different. From sermons that they preach 10, 15 years into their ministry. There's growth that happens. Absolutely. There's growth. There's learning.
0: Listen, a Bible study that I taught 20 years ago looks vastly different than a Bible study I taught 20 days ago. Like, absolutely. it just. Like, y- y- yeah, a- absolutely. Now, here here's a couple of things about the, the theology of, uh, of Stephen Furtick, okay? Um, Mm -hmm. the dude has an MDiv from a Baptist theological seminary. I just want, I'm just going to put this, like he is a Southern Mm -hmm. Baptist. Um, like he is not necessarily part of the Southern Baptist convention because his church is a little bit too big for that organization. So his, uh, from my understanding, uh, his accountability group is a board of directors that are made up Mm-mm. of other pastors that are outside of the the Southern Baptist Convention. But if you look right. at like their statement of faith, it, it's all Southern Baptist stuff, and there there's nothing wrong with with their statement of faith. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely good. not. Um, I love, I love their values because I need, uh, I'm going to go through the, va- their the, what they call their values at elevation. Okay. Because I think okay. it, it's very telling of, uh, of what their ministry is, especially when you get down to num- like numbers five through eight. They're, it's kind of important. Okay. Number one, Jesus is the center. There you mm-hmm. go. That's number one. Number two. Can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah. We believe big and start small. I like mm-hmm. this. OK, we can mm-hmm. we can all start somewhere, start small, but we're going to believe for big things. OK, we honor one another to glorify God. Talk about valuing people I like this. Okay, yeah. We are contributors, not consumers. I like this about mm-hmm. taking action. OK, here we go. You ready? We yeah. think inside the box. Embracing limitation.
1: Oh. Yeah. I like, OK, I like this.
0: The next one. We can do more by doing less. It's about focused excellence. I'm going to pause right here before we go on to any others. There is a misconception among believers that every church has to be all things that belong to a church. Let Mm. me explain. The church that you and I attend believes in education. It believes in Mm -hmm. good biblical education. It's the reason that 30, 40 years ago, there was a vision to start a school. There's a reason that there is a school of ministry. There is a reason that the teaching is excellent uh, on a a week by week basis. All of this stuff is very, very important. The church that you and I Mm -hmm. attend also believes in excellence in music. Very, very important. Yes. Okay. The church that you and I attend has people in it that believe in specific ministries. But those people have to lead those ministries because the focus of the church is already set. Does that make sense? Right. There are some churches where their entire church is focused on prison ministry. There are some churches Mm -hmm. that their entire church is focused on biker ministry. There are some churches where their entire church is is focused on uh, community outreach, feeding and clothing people. That's not every church. And if that's something that's important to you, that church is out there. That doesn't make the church that isn't doing that less godly. It means that their plan, that God has planned for them, their vision that God has vision vision for them, Mm -hmm. is different than what it is that you want. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's just not anything wrong with it. So doing more by doing less, focus on what you're good at elevation. They're really good at music. They put that out there. They're really good at uh, at, at global outreach. They're, they do that. Um, okay.
1: Here's the thing. Uh, the church that you and I attend, we know that almost 10 years ago, um, God dropped something into our pastor's heart about being uh, multicultural, multi-generational. And guess what? Those doors opened. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen. God is going to give the pastor, um, the as the shepherd of that flock, he's going to give him specific or her <laughs> specific dreams and whoa, 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 visions. Whoa, 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 whoa! We're uh, talking Southern yeah.
0: Baptist. You can't start that. Okay, well, sorry, listen.
1: We're talking. We're talking. All right, listen.
0: Unqualified. MacArthur. Um <laughs> Go on.
1: <laughs> Ooh, um, I'm just kidding. I'm
0: just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> you're just
1: pushing it tonight um so god is going to give the pastor visions and dreams and things that he wants for that church and then he's going to open the doors for those things to happen that's right i believe that's what i believe that's what i i think that we have seen at our church over the last several years that that we've been there and that, that's just what I, and so that's what's happened here with Elevation. I believe that God gave Stephen Furtick specific things for Elevation, and they walked through those doors, and that's why they have such grace and and yeah. they have such favor in those areas. So anyway, all no, that to I say, mean,
0: yes. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a great point. And I'll, I'll, I'll say that there is um, literally four blocks from the church that we attend is a church that, um, is, uh, the, the lead pastor there is a friend of mine and, mm-hmm. um, their church doesn't look anything like our church and yeah, like, they're still doing God's work. And Absolutely. so I think we just need to kind of like break down the walls of like, if you're not doing things exactly my way, I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit more. Okay. Um, we don't maintain, <laughs> we multiply this. It, it's ma on growing growth. I love this one we eat the fish and leave the bones. Yeah. I, I love that. We're, we have teachable that's attitudes good. like that. We want to be known for what we are for. Mm. Right. So yeah. promoting unity. What are we for? Well, that's what we want to know, be known for. And, uh, we will not take this for granted and we're, we're going to express gratitude. Um, yeah. One of the ways that the church, uh, expresses gratitude is by giving, uh, they, they give a lot. Um, in 2019, they gives uh, the church gave, close to $70 million in tithe. So, so there's something, um, that's a lot. Um, one of the big controversies that happened was when a local news station tried to like, like do a a dirt piece on, Mm. uh, (laughs) on on Furtick and was like, Oh, he's building a $1.7 million house on 16 acres of land. and, like all this stuff. And um and they're really really trying to like get it over that you know like he's yeah. taking money from people and all this other jazz. So, um he did what a lot of uh, a lot of pastors who are also uh uh writers do when when he wrote a book, um the church bought a lot of the a lot of copies of the book at the author's discount, which means that the author didn't make any money on the sale of those. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. Um, a lot of churches will do this. Uh, by the way, if you're like, "Hey, how that? How did this book become a uh, a New York Times bestseller? It's because one person bought a bunch of copies. That's usually <laughs> how this happens. Okay? Sometimes
1: it's the author that bought a bunch of copies.
0: Uh, and sometimes it's the author. Yes, this is very true. <laughs> um, and so uh, he gets uh, the the church. Then will take what they get at wholesale and sell it at retail. And then the church mm-hmm. actually gets the profit from the sell of the books. He doesn't. Right. You get, right. But when mm-hmm. it's bought outside the church, he gets profit from it. And if you sell enough books and you have enough people buying them, you're going to make some money. I have no yeah. problem with this cat making money. I have no cat problems with this cat uh, building a house at all.
1: No, I don't either. When I read about this, first of all, you can't tell me that if you wrote five books that all sold very well because you have a very public persona. You have a uh, you're you're able to broadcast, you know, you have all of this opportunity. Are you telling me that if you made money that you wouldn't spend it? Of course you would. I don't know why people get so up in arms about. And, you know, I understand that sometimes it's it's the way that it looks, but why do we get mad at people spending money that they made
0: i, I listen. I, know, I spend money <laughs> that I, I made i, I, I want to tell you that pastors are held to a different standard than humans yeah um, i know and and by the way we we kind of feel like they they should be right like we we always do um i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out how i want how i want to go on this rant I don't know that I necessarily want to, but I'm I'm gonna have to. <laughs> there is a belief in the church that pastors should be poor shepherds that serve the people one hundred percent and never get to enjoy life. It's yeah. just that that, and you can say no, that's not what it is. I just don't think that he needs a two million dollar house. Okay, well, he did the work. He 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 sold the book. Yeah. Well, he's making money off of Christians. Uh huh. Christians buy books. Um, listen, you're not boycotting Disney because they
1: actually, they might be.
0: Well, that's fair enough. Okay. I'll use a different one. Um, you're, <laughs> don't you're use not, Starbucks.
1: They're probably boycotting them too.
0: Yeah. Don't use Starbucks, but you're not uh boycotting PepsiCo because, uh, Christians <laughs> like to buy, buy Dorito chips during the Super Bowl. Right. by the way. Happy yeah. Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. But yeah. um you're uh you're not you're not boycotting because Christians like to buy chips, but for whatever reason, if if a pastor writes a book, he shouldn't make money on the work uh for, that he did. Yeah. The Bible says very specifically that a workman is worth is higher. And so mm-hmm. if you work, you should get paid for the work that you do. Um, if you're really good at your job, you should get paid more. And if mm-hmm. you were if you're a good enough public speaker, to build a church from fourteen people in a room to twenty-seven thousand, uh, you're good yeah. at what you do. If you write a book that's good and people want to want to want to read and they buy it, then you should get paid for for writing the book. Um, and if you, and by the way, if a publishing company thinks that you're going to make money and they give you an advance, that's okay too. Um, now. You should still be generous with that money. You should still tithe. You mm-hmm. should still give. There's no indication that, that Stephen Furtick doesn't do that. Okay, yeah. um, All of that to say this. I saw one person going off about like Stephen Furtick by making money is doing the exact same thing that the money changers did in the temple. And Jesus formed a whip and, and drove them out. <laughs> nah, dog. That's not what the money, that's not what they were doing. They were not taking it, advantage of poor people by doing, by taking the law of Moses and manipulating the the scripture to con poor people out of money. I, I'm just going to challenge you to find a sermon where Stephen Furtick says, if you've only got 50 cents left, you got to give that last 50 cents to Jesus. Now there are pastors mm-hmm. out there that say that. Yeah. Those are money changers. Yeah. Uh, Those Mm -hmm. are them. I don't see Stephen Fergus being that guy. I don't know. No, I don't either.
1: Well, first of all, I think that that story in the Bible is one of the most misused. Yes. That I've ever heard. Ever. It's like a catch-all
0: for anybody who gets pissed off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. Jesus got mad. Well, yeah,
1: he did. (laughs) He he probably got mad a lot more times than we even know about. But I I think people, they want to use that to justify being angry. I've heard people use it to justify being angry about politics, to justify being angry about churches selling things. I mean, just, they use it, and they, they misuse it, and misquote it, and misunderstand it, and I... I just feel like we need to, like cleanse everybody and reteach that story. but no, i I have absolutely no issues with him. I mean like you said, he he put in hours hours and hours and hours of writing. I mean, you don't just write. You don't just sit down and write a book in you know, a few hours and then send it off to your publisher. that's That's not how it works. and so he he put in the work, and people like what they read. And so they buy it. Imagine that. And therefore, I mean, what a concept. And so...
0: Now, one of the pieces of controversy was that he wasn't being transparent and the church wasn't being transparent with their financials. Um, Mm. So they fixed that. You can actually find on their website, they're like... (laughs) Um, yeah. their full financial statement, uh, like for 2019, their total liability liabilities and net assets were about one, uh, $117 million. So there you go. Oh, like, is that it, all? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just, just that I think in, in property and, and things that they own was something like 77, somewhere, in, some, somewhere in there, 71, um, cash on hand. You listen, you can find exactly how much cash is in their bank. I just want to, I, yeah. Well, or was at, uh, on December 31st of, of 2019. Um, yeah. so they're being, uh, they're being very transparent. They're not going to tell you how much he makes. That's, that, that's not yeah. our business. He's not running for office. He doesn't need to, to tell Listen, us those things.
1: I don't tell people what I make.
0: Um, and
1: I'm posting it out there. Hey, Andre, how much do you make? None of your business.
0: That's right. That's the, <laughs> that is the correct answer. Andre, ask me how much money I make.
1: Hey, Seth, how much money do you make? That's none of your business. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) I cannot believe you said that to me. I mean,
0: (laughs) this this doesn't seem like rocket science. Um, I know. I don't understand. Hey, you want to know it's, you don't know it's funny. I had an employee, somebody who like reports to me one time, not at this current job. This is a previous time. Mm. An employee asked me how much money I make. Asked me what my comp plan looked like. Wow. And I was like, yeah, man, that's not really your business. And this person yeah. got really upset. Um, same thing. That's in- that's sa- interesting. Sa- same thing. Um, it- it's the exact same thing. So he- here's the thing. This is something that I've noticed. The older I get, the more I notice this, okay? Mm-hmm. Poor people have a problem with rich people being successful. Hmm. we yeah. want Jesus to be made in our image and not necessarily want to be made in his. And so what happens Man, is are you if, stepping on some toes tonight. I mean, what probably, doing, I'm, probably, but what I'm saying is, is that when we're <laughs> poor and I listen, I I've been poor, mm-hmm. I've been broke. I've been all of these things. Yeah. Um, I've also been blessed and i've been everywhere in between and i'm probably you know on the downside right now as opposed to the up right so what I, mm-hmm. but what i'm saying is is that when we are poor we want to see the men of god be in our position rather than try to aspire to what the men of god show us that we can be and so what we do is mm-hmm. we gravitate to leaders who will edify our current position rather than gravitate to leaders that will actually drive us to become better people now some people will say i need someone who will help me be better and what they do is they look for someone who's offering a shortcut if you Mm -hmm. just send peter pop off twenty dollars he will send you some miracle spring water from russia right and that's going to be your your shortcut (laughs) to a miracle Um, Mm -hmm. like we look for shortcuts to miracles and not really realizing that God doesn't really offer shortcuts all the time. Most of the time, shortcuts look like hard work that all of a sudden pay off. It, it usually looks like decades of the grind that all of a sudden you get rewarded for. So, um, Mm -hmm. so, so rich people don't have a problem with pastors being rich. They're like, yeah, Yeah. I get it. You work hard. (laughs) Go ahead. You, you, can Mm -hmm. you can. You can have it. Also, black churches don't have a problem with their pastors being well taken care of. It really is poor no. white people. And I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing big time here, and I understand that. But poor white people have a real big problem with rich white pastors. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with Joel Osteen being rich. I don't have a problem with him having a huge house. I don't have a problem with Ed Young having no. a big house. I don't have a problem with any of that. I have some problems have- with theology. <laughs>
1: Yes, I have issues with other things, but...
0: But, but success is not I one of them. I, I, listen, I want yeah. good things for God's people.
1: Absolutely. And Listen, yeah. Joel Osteen, if you can create something called the Inspiration Cube and get people to buy it,
0: good on you. I mean, but what is he... But what is... Okay, here's the deal. We make fun of that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But what is it? It's ridiculous. It's, it is maximizing the value of the brand that he has built of being an inspirational speaker. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It literally is years and years of a grind that he's, that he's, (laughs) he's making a buck on now, whether or not I think it's ridiculous, whether or not I think, I think people should buy it. There's somebody who every morning that thing ministers to them. Yes. I think it's dumb, but if they don't (laughs) listen,
1: I'm not going to buy it. But if they want to, that's fine. Listen,
0: there are people that are right now buying little bottles of anti mildew prayer water. You know what I'm saying? That are saying that are that are taking Galatians and and oh, throwing no. it. Oh, well, maybe that's not true. Okay. I don't
1: know. That's that's that may be a problem. That
0: may be a problem. So it may be an issue. So I, I would I'll, well go ahead. I was just I, I was just going to close all that up on my yeah. end just by saying that. Um, when I see people get really, really upset that he's making money, I I try to look at kind of where they're at and see like, oh, you're a radio host that hates all things uh prosperous mm-hmm. because you want to think that anybody who prospers must be preaching the prosperity doctrine. And and right. and you're against that. So you so anybody who's who's doing well must be terrible. And I don't think I, I think that we as a people of God need to be showing people more grace. That's it.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Um, one more thing about Stephen Verdick, he has been nominated for several Dove Awards.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, Did you know that?
0: I I knew that uh, I I knew that he won one because we talked about it this year, but uh, just talked people, about it, yes. But people may not understand. People may not understand some of the amazing songs that he's been a writer on. So, uh, what what are some of yeah, the songs so, that he's been nominated for?
1: So this year, he or 2020, he won. Uh, he's credited as songwriter on the song The Blessing, uh, which won Worship Recorded Song of the Year. Um, obviously, it's most well known as a Carrie Job Cody Carn song, but that was recorded at Elevation Church, and Stephen Furtick was a songwriter on it. Um, he also was nominated in 2020 for Song of the Year um, a songwriter on Sea of Victory.
0: I like that song.
1: Yeah. And um, Do It Again in 2018 was Worship Song song. of the Year. It was nominated. And then in 2017, it was Oh Come to the Altar was nominated twice for Song of the Year and Worship Song of the Year. And I love that song.
0: Listen, the cat writes a good song. He does, man.
1: He writes a good we I love I love his music. I sing a lot of his songs on Wednesday nights. We sing some at uh on Sundays. It's good stuff.
0: Yeah, so he um one of the, my favorite stories about the song, Oh, uh, Come to the Altar, is that they're doing this uh, songwriting seminar, because that's what they do. I mean, they, they do a lot of music, and so they're sitting mm-hmm. there, and they had kind of pinned pin this thing together, you know, of, oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, and they kind of, they write the chorus and everything, and people kind of leave, and they're trying to write the, write the verse and comes back, and this guy says, you know, all you hurting and broken within, and he stops and says, wait a minute, what did you say? all you mm-hmm. hurting and bro- no, he goes, no, 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 it's not all you. It's are you, are you, we're going to, mm-hmm. let's ask the question, are you hurting or we're going to, and then the answer is come to the altar and the idea, yeah. like just a little thing of like, not just calling out to people, but questioning people, making people like answer. Are you, yeah, I am hurting. Mm-hmm. And okay. This is like little things like that. That's, that's a talented guy. You know what? and these songs have sold a lot and he's made a lot of money off of it and but no he shouldn't he shouldn't get paid for the, all the hard work that he
1: does right right it's absolutely ridiculous. not well cuz you know he gets like 0. 0.0005 cents for every time it's streamed on Spotify and 0. 0.0002 cents every time someone downloads it on CCLI
0: yeah but, but he all- still
1: made a lot of money yeah yeah it- <laughs> Because it's been downloaded a lot. It's been downloaded a lot. What I'm trying lot.
0: to say. A lot, a lot. So <laughs> a
1: lot of people have listened to these these songs.
0: So okay, so here I, I just wanted to. I just wanted to. Um, he, he's he's a popular guy. We're we're a Christian mm-hmm. pop culture podcast, and and, uh, and you know we we kind of take a semi reverent look. We might make silly jokes. I'm not here to tear the guy down. I think that what he's doing is good work. Now that, now that we've said that, that might be like a kiss of death and something comes out, you know, next week and we'll recant everything or we'll just pretend like Like we'll talk about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's exactly, exactly what will happen. So, um, (laughs) so anyway, um, any other closing thoughts about Stephen Furtick or Elevation Church?
1: No, I think I think that's all. I think we've I think we've covered a lot.
0: I think so too. Covered a lot tonight. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think it's time to get into the bee. No, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Dad, who just sat down, pretty sure kids' scream wasn't anything serious. (laughs) Um. I've got to tell you there have been so many times <laughs> now that my kids are like at least older um and, and like I know that like if they really need something they'll come get me you know. There'll mm-hmm. be times that mm-hmm. I'll hear them on the other side of the house and they're just screaming at each other and I'm like they'll figure it out. <laughs> they'll
1: they're, be fine.
0: They they'll be they'll be okay. But then again, I'm a bad dad, so You
1: suck. You suck. It's true.
0: You no. <laughs> Um All right, that's the B. <laughs> oh, no, not the B. Not the B. Ah! All right, Andrea, what's your not for me this week?
1: Okay, my not for me is a very, very specific type of Facebook post that I've been seeing a lot lately.
0: Yes, yes.
1: It is the one that that's shared because it says something like Facebook took this down because of God. And then it's a picture of who knows what. I think the one that I saw this week was a picture of Donald Trump with a scripture written on it. Listen, you guys. Also, there's another one very similar that says Facebook is not letting me put the Lord's Prayer. They're taking it down. You guys. No, they're not. No, they're not. (laughs) They're not. Facebook is not. They're not taking it down. Someone is saying that so that you'll share their post and that they'll get seen and show up in lots of people's news feeds. You're getting played. You're getting played.
0: Yeah. Facebook Uh, is
1: not taking down the Lord's Prayer. Facebook is not taking down posts that have scriptures on them. That's not happening. It it is the (laughs) modern
0: day equivalent of a chain letter. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, my word. If you don't post this, then Jesus is going to like be mad at you. Like, can we please stop using Jesus's name in vain just so that somebody can get yes, shares? Stop it. I mean, stop I mean, it, guys, you're, you're literally breaking one of the 10 commandments because you want to share. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Either that, like, okay, I don't want, okay, I need to learn how to manage, <laughs> I need to learn how to manage my anger. I, I mean, but Jesus got angry and he turned over tables and so I'm allowed to be, ang- that's not how it oh, Seth,
1: It's not how that works.
0: Um, do I need to learn how to manage my anger or do other people need to learn how to manage their stupid? I'm, I'm just curious which one I can't, is more important. Can I say
1: <laughs> both. both. <laughs> They're that's both fair. important. <laughs>
0: that's, that's actually, uh, that's, that's actually fair. That's um, pretty
1: yeah. accurate. So yeah. yeah, that that's my, not for me. I stop it. You guys, those are not, you're getting played. That's not happening. When you say Facebook is taking it down every time I put it up, no, that's not that's not happening. So, so stop it. Those are not for me. There you have it. You what, what's your not for me? I just, um, we need to move on. I think.
0: I think so too. Uh, my not for me is the holiday Groundhog's Day. Oh, I don't. I do get it. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand it. I don't know how. <laughs> um a magical rodent is supposed to tell me what the weather's supposed to be like. I I, I really don't understand. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um I understand that there's a tradition, but I also feel like there's a weird superstition that happened a really long time ago and now people are like, oh, isn't this fun? And for me, I just don't understand why everybody um everybody wants to like, you know, see what Puxitani Phil says. Um, every Mm. year. All that being said, what is for me is the movie groundhog day. Um, it, it's still phenomenal, but the the holiday in and of itself, and people getting all excited about it and newscasters being like, well, let's see if we're going to have more winter or not. Like, do we really have to even go through all of that? Like just, like, there's not even a good greeting card for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's such a made-up <laughs> holiday, but it doesn't turn a profit, except for the people in the town of Buxatawney once a year. And I don't know that we, like, the whole nation needs to be bound to that. Does that make sense what I'm saying?
1: It it, it does. However, I did notice that Phil saw his shadow this past week. And now we have a cold front coming in this coming week with oh, Lowe's in the teens.
0: Breaking news, everybody. Andrea believes in magic. <laughs> Um so
1: i'm i'm not I'm just saying it's quite a coincidence
0: I think that you're right I think it is a hundred percent a coincidence <laughs> that's a show uh But listen, our thoughts and opinions don't have to be the final word, dear listener. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us how much you love Groundhog's Day and how Seth's an idiot. Tell us that your posts actually are getting taken down and you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Tell us that Stephen Furtick is a a heretic and he's going to hell for leading people astray. Tell us that we're heretics and that we're going to hell for leading us astray. Listen, your thoughts and opinions matter, dear listener. So you can join the conversation at Dropping Sunday on all the things. Or is that your line? I don't even look at the script anymore.
1: Well, it sometimes it's my line, but you know what? As a reminder for every comment that we receive on Apple Podcasts, we'll donate a dollar to a charity or ministry. How about that?
0: I, I, I like that. Um, and you know, the greatest gift that you guys can give us, <laughs> this is a extreme <laughs> change of roles is, uh, to listen, uh, to listen to us uh, next week, but also to subscribe and to tell a friend. Yes. Uh, if you, if you've liked this episode or any episode in the past, really the best thing that you guys can do for us is to tell other people to listen because, um, because here's what we're finding out is happening is that, uh, and I'm watching the numbers when this happens, somebody will find an episode and, and all of a sudden the entire catalog gets downloaded all 70, yeah. close to 70 episodes all get downloaded on the <laughs> same day. And I'm like, whoa. Where'd we get all it's because we found a new listener who, who actually enjoys the show. You guys can give that as a gift to somebody on, uh, this momentous, uh, Bowl Sunday holiday in celebration of groundhog day. Uh, that's what you can do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Until then, this is Andrea.
0: Oh, and this is Seth.
1: And this is dropping Sunday.
0: Hot. Just felt weird. (laughs) Can I just take 30 seconds just like try to put my brain around what I'm trying to say, please, Seth, Mm -hmm. please. Can we do that, please, Seth? Okay. Start all over. Take seven. (laughs) Act seven, redemption. Um, I'm your host, Ira Glass. (laughs) WBC (laughs) Chicago. Stay with us. All right. That was just for us. That's not making the cut at all. There's zero chance that makes the cut. Okay. Zero chance.